Med Family is a show about a family journeying through medical school with kids and navigating married life. Tag along to see how we got here and where this journey is taking us. Hello, welcome to this week's episode of Med Family. I'm your host, Eric Acker, and I'm with Karen. Hey, guys. Okay, good. So we are uh, still doing this. Uh, sorry, it's the technology thing. Uh, it's We're still doing this remotely, so we're trying to make sure the audio stuff works out well and isn't too um, distracting. <laughs> so um, sometimes I'm just happy that it's working. And Karen <laughs> is actually uh, audible. Yep. Yeah. And so we're doing this a, a day later than we typically do. We do, we do try to release these every Wednesday. <laughs> and uh, we were a bit busy slash distracted this uh, yesterday. Um, and so we didn't get to it today. Of course, we're recording on Wednesday. We release it for Thursdays uh, listening. But we were a little bit distracted on Wednesdays, uh, Tuesday. So we're doing it now. So um, what were we distracted by, Karen? So <laughs> Eric had a presentation for his current rotation <laughs> in the morning. And then in the afternoon, he had his first um, intermeds. Uh, residency interview so um, a lot of so he did did the interview and then a lot of that evening was um, as you do just uh, <laughs> I guess so pull, pulling it apart thing. yes <laughs> pulling it apart and trying to figure out how you did right so um, there was a non-disclosure sign so we're not going to give away any questions or anything but um yeah, it was a, it was a um, Zoom interview, um, not in person. So, um, just kind of how I guess we could kind of just go over how it worked because you guys got that. a schedule of everybody that was interviewing, and um, you were put into rooms based off of your schedule with your different interview people, and then you got put in a room with residents to ask questions and and talk. Um, yeah, and I, th- I thought that was pretty nice because a couple of days before the interview, they they did send out a a timeline, a schedule of the interview day, and there was I think about uh, eight students interviewing and three interviewee interviewees and something like that. Um, and they gave us some timelines, and so we knew when to log on. Obviously, and they had one of their uh, administrators moving people in and out of rooms I think for the first hour was uh, essentially program uh, orientation or program overview like hey this is why our program is awesome and you want to be here which you know you didn't have to try to convince us we obviously applied to this but it's always nice to get a little bit of extra information um, 
I'm just kind of a personal side note. <laughs> as much as it's nice um, to have a little bit of extra information, it also kind of sucks because sometimes, like, they go over something and it's like, that was your question. <laughs> <laughs> you know, like, you're always trying to think of your question. Like, when am I going to ask? And then, like, they do this beautiful PowerPoint slide and they answer one of your questions. You're like, nuts. I got to have a question. <laughs> well, because you have to have a question. One. You can't, you don't want to be like, oh man, you answered every, all my questions. Like, oh, well, you just haven't been thinking about us all that hard. You just not, you know. Uh, so it's really hard to. I, it didn't happen to me, but I can I can see how that can happen when you're just like, I wish you wouldn't give us this PowerPoint. Like, don't do a deep dive into the program. Let me ask my questions and then do a deep dive. You know. <laughs> um, but I, I, there's also maybe another critique there. Sometimes like the deep dive is hard because you're like. You're dressed up, you're in your suit and tie, and you're on Zoom, or you're on, I think this is WebEx, uh, with a Centrix platform, uh, and you're, you're, you're trying to look attentive, and you're, of course, like, I don't know, I'm anxious, I'm like, <laughs> kind of like, okay, make sure you're making eye contact, which, you know, it's hard to make eye contact virtually, so you gotta, like, look at the camera, but then you have to look at the, the PowerPoint on the screen, so it's like... You're trying to look interested and attentive, but at the same time, like, it's hard to focus on what they're talking about <laughs> because you're just like, you're so anxious and you're like, oh, what, what questions are they going to ask me? How long is this going? Am I, am I looking off anywhere else? Am I, what's my facial expression? Do I look interested? Do I look annoyed? Um, what's the appropriate level of like smile? Like, don't get the creepy smile. Don't do that. <laughs> Uh, like, you're spending a, a lot of time just governing yourself essentially and it's like and the slideshow's going and you're just like yeah this is great information and you're smiling you're nodding but it's like you know you ask I can probably recite a good number of the, the top key takeaways from this particular program I interviewed at but you know like did I really retain a lot of that information probably not um you're just very nervous so it's that's maybe a critique it's just like when you're really nervous like you're throwing a whole bunch of information at me and then being like okay any questions let's let's go into our interviews and you're just like yeah i don't <laughs> i don't really I, I i tried paying attention but like i i you know honestly i'm just i'm stressed you know i just <laughs> Focus I, I just on the interview. To, I need to get I just want to, to I focus on my questions. <laughs> I focus on what, what questions you're going to ask me, how stupid I'm going to sound when I'm trying to answer these on the fly. Um, yeah, so I, I understand why they do the PowerPoint um, because they want to show off their program. Um, and it also makes it difficult, too, because then you in your head... So this is a, a little bit later because a lot of times the program will ask... Uh, Again, I'm not disclosing anything, of course, like, but many times a program might ask you, like, why would you pick this program? Why this program? Why did you apply to us? Because they're trying to see what, you know, what, <laughs> what's important to them. Uh, what, what, what's, what, what's important to you or something like that. I'm not sure exactly what they're assessing, but it's something that they do. I, I've seen on Reddit that they will ask, like, why did you pick this program? Well, it's kind of like any job interview. They all, all. Why did you apply here? Like, well, but it, what's tricky is like you have all this. You've done all this research ahead of time, and then when you're trying to recall some of that research, it gets conflated with some of the stuff you just heard. 
So you don't know if like, oh well, it, you guys have this this great sim lab, and then you're just trying to think like, did I know that they had a sim lab before, or did I just hear that in the recent PowerPoint slide? Now you're going to be like, hmm, we have no literature out there saying that we have a sim lab. You're just pulling this out of your butt right now, <laughs> and like that's not. <laughs> <laughs> you just like you start conflating all these things like why did you apply to us like obviously like three months ago i had you know all these different reasons and i know there's like there's the brutally honest reason which nobody ever wants to hear so i'm not gonna say it <laughs> it's the which is obviously like well i'm gonna say it. it's i need i need a residency you know <laughs> i need to land somewhere um and any anywhere like I, I will probably go to Antarctica. I might I might even go to Anchorage, Alaska. Karen's shaking her head. We're not going to <laughs> Antarctica apparently. <laughs> but I might even consider like Anchorage, Alaska, just to land. Again, Karen's shaking her head. But apparently, <laughs> no. I think all the lead up that we did prior to interview, prior to application submission and interview season was good. I I mean obviously there are some programs that we didn't look at as closely as we did others because we ran out of time. But knowing that every program that we have applied to we can make work as a family, just budget wise and life living yeah. wise is kind of a relief I, and then it's exciting yeah. when you get the interviews to be like okay well let's look a little harder at these ones and mm-hmm. um, then you can kind of com- start compiling your your list of I would like, rather really, be here why, than why here. Do we like this? Yeah. <laughs> why do we like this? Because like you can't this? You when when they when you're asked like why did you choose this program you can't really answer well your pay is great and <laughs> cost of living is low like it's not it might be a very honest answer but maybe not the answer they're looking for you know like okay so you can afford to live here that's great that, that's great yeah because <laughs> like, you don't want to sound like a, a money guy like obviously like we have a family we have to look out for the needs of our family and obviously you know having a um a pay pay amount that will make the ends meet is important and we've talked about this many times taking like new york city as an example like you you can't pay us enough (laughs) you can but i mean the residency does not pay enough to house a family of Seven. seven in new york city without living in like one of those like brown brick houses that has like a three foot clearance for a bedroom you know like this is the bedrooms on top of the the, the cabinets like, well, that's not good it's probably not gonna work uh no but like um, i mean the first interview was exciting not only because it was your first interview but it was um in one of the areas that we had um so we didn't actually we didn't specifically signal this program because um, we certain. only had a certain number that we could signal, but it was in like the areas it, that we could well, indicate we wanted to And this was also move. like we, we had compiled a list of, I think, 20, 25 programs that we were de- deeply considering signaling. Mm-hmm. And I think this one was, it was on the in list. Like, the top, like top 10, top 15. So it was like up there. 
Um, but obviously, like internal medicine, it only allows you, I think, seven signals. So yeah. it, it didn't make that cut, but it was up there. So it was uh, it was exciting to have it, but nerve wracking as well because it's like this is the one where I'm going to make all the mistakes. Like yeah, it's yeah. your first interview, and you know you get better as you go. Um, well, maybe we'll see. Well, we'll see. I think a lot of it has to do with the people interviewing you, which I guess. Did you find it useful to know who was interviewing you so you could kind of look at them, or did you find that was more of a hindrance because, like, there were no, there were little surprises? Uh, so there's a, a kind of a yes and no answer to this. So I, on the the yes side of it, it was nice. I can look up, um, like, they gave me the three interviewers I would be meeting with. And so I did look them up, and, like, one of them had, like, a, an abundance of information out there. Like, he had a social, multiple social media profiles I could check out. He had a LinkedIn that was pretty well filled out. And even went onto YouTube, and he he had some YouTube videos that he he had helped create it and whatnot. So it was like, okay, this guy has a presence. I, I obviously couldn't. You know, uh, eat. Uh, I couldn't couldn't take in all of the stuff that he did. Like I, I didn't have time to watch all his YouTube videos because he he did, most of his YouTube videos were um, simulation lab level stuff, which are like fifteen twenty minutes each, maybe longer. Um, so obviously, I'm not going to go through every one of those. Um, obviously, simulations. I can glean that simulation labs and practice is uh, very important to him. Um. So that was really good. That was helpful. And so I wasn't caught off guard by certain things. I, I kind of knew maybe what might appeal to him a little bit more. And that wasn't not to say I was like trying to be purposely manipulative, but like, he, you know, I, I don't think I'm giving away much. He's, he's the program director. So he he has a family and sports and uh, communities um, like high school sports and middle school sports are really important to him. And so, and obviously, the family was important to him. Is and so, like, you knew, okay, well, it's it's safe to talk about my family because this isn't just some single guy who doesn't understand families. Not, I'm not saying all single guys don't understand families, but he's he's a he's a guy who's been married for a while. He's got a few kids. Uh, he's going to understand that you know, as a family, we have particular needs or particular things that we have to look out for to make sure that we. Are, um, we do well as a family. We, you know, everyone is taken care of. So that was nice. Um, a couple of the other people I interviewed with had like less information, and that was kind of hard because you uh, you go into like the the um, the faculty page on the program and you try to figure out okay what what kind of information do they have on there? And like I think one of them had like nothing they just had like a name and like where they went to university at where they got medical license I'm like, okay well we'll do a google search you know that's the next best thing and it's all you know health grades and uh doximetry and stuff like that and it's like okay that's very limited information and like honestly some of that information is not help not useful and possibly even inaccurate because a lot of that stuff is like um mined off the internet and so they might, they might say like, oh, that you're this person is board certified in nephrology, and it's like, well, no, I'm pretty sure they're not. Uh, <laughs> on their on their page, at least the information we I got from the the web from the program website was that they were board, you know 
they were a hospitalist or not that a hospitalist can't be nephrology certified but like you never talked about a, a fellowship it, yeah, like they, it so like you can kind of glean it sometimes um like health grades and other websites aren't totally accurate and then you're like trying to look around like okay did they publish anything you know is there any research articles associated with them so the last two were really hard to find a lot of information on and really get an idea of like what their backgrounds were and know, to know like what part of your person what part of your life is going to relate to them like so where where are you going to make your connection with them and I'm not saying this again this is not as like a manipulative tool like you don't <laughs> you don't like suddenly shape shift and become a different person this is like you're going on a date with somebody and instead of like doing 20 questions to find where you're like where you align you now have done the pre-research and you already know like what parts of your personality what parts of your life are going to be more compatible and so that you want to spend a little bit more time in that area because that's that's going to be the nice area <laughs> instead of the other areas where it's like well i don't know if we align on this so if i if i put my foot in my mouth you know is this going to make me liked or disliked and because at the end of the day you want to be liked by these people these are going to be your your mentors and these are, of course in, in the immediate future they're going to be the ones that decide whether or not you get into the program or not so um so that i sorry long so yeah there's a lot there no. but <laughs> i think it does help having overall um knowing who you who you're being interviewed by like I know I had gotten some advice by uh, Dr. Zubro. He's our, again, dean of um, clerkships, and uh, he's, he's one of our deans as far as this process goes. And he mentioned, like, oh, well, sometimes they like, if you look up some of their past research and you talk about that, and like, I think the only person I saw that had, like, active research out there was from, like, 1999 or 1995, so it's like, Ugh. I don't know if she really wants to talk about something that she did 25 years ago, you know, like, uh, I'm just going to leave that one alone, you know? Yeah. <laughs> and Dr. Zubro was also the one that said that certain, because in Eric's personal statement, uh, he ends talking about um, family. family. And Dr. Zubro was the one that said some programs just won't like that so much. Um, and they will view it as a negative, not a positive. And so that's that's why Eric had made the comment earlier about um, <laughs> about family. It's not that he <laughs> he views it. It's not that Eric views his family as a negative. It's just that certain programs will. Um, yeah, so and we've they, been forewarned. They see, yeah, they've been see, they yeah they might they might see there's a liability of like oh this person's not gonna put their residency first, or they're gonna have distractions that can keep them from being a resident um yeah. well and yeah. eric's felt some of that with his current current rotation like it seems like certain you, you people hear, within you hear whispers of like uh, like when when uh, when an attending is talking about a past resident who had four kids during residency and they weren't sure they were going to pass him or, you know, let him graduate the residency unless he got a fellowship. Like, that kind of... And it seems like they were drawing a, a direct line from his family, you know, his growing family to, you know, his performance. 
And like, there's a lot of reasons for poor performance, obviously, and obviously distractions and families can, you know, if if you have a lot of health issues or um, if you're not, if you can't make a good balance, work-life balance, then you can suffer professionally. Um, so that's obviously a concern that many um, employers, of course, and residencies might have, and so. Yeah, so it, it does exist out there. It, you just have to find. Yeah, again, and, this is one of those like knowing who you're talking to, and yeah, <laughs> and I mean, Eric chose to, we well we cho- we talked about it, and we chose to leave it in because ultimately, like we are a family in med school. What well, Eric I don't does, know, I don't know how effects. I could justify like cutting that <laughs> out of my my personal statement and applicate like when like. We, we host the podcast Med Family. <laughs> it's like, and well, family is not, you know, a big part of my life. And it's like, oh, I, I'm pretty sure that it is, you know. Yeah. Uh, well, and we don't necessarily, like, why would you want to be paired with a program who, who views your family as a negative? Because med school is hard enough, residency is hard enough without having an, a, an additional factor kind of working against your marriage and your family and your your cohesion as a unit so and what i like to what i like to try to do like, especially in my personal statement i did this and even in my interview answers um and this isn't like an embellishment i like to try to point out the assets <laughs> you know like why why uh Karen here has been an asset, a net asset in my entire process as a medical student. Like how you know she might have been a lot of help in pushing me and maturing me in the right direction. So I mean, I did start going into med school. Um, that she's been doing a lot of the background research into some of these programs. <laughs> I think um, I was asked. This was like I think a conversational. So I don't think this was something that. Um, give you know would violate any non-disclosure agreements, but I think uh, the program director had asked me like, "What does your wife think about this area?" And I was like, "Well, she's already looking for houses. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> I've gotten a few Zillow postings." <laughs> so, um, like, obviously, like you're you're a bit you're a big part of like you know where I where I've gotten and how I've gotten here so I, I, don't, I don't feel like it's fair to cut you completely out of the equation yeah. um, so anyway um, and just a getting, reference like I look up housing at any interview that, <laughs> that oh, I know gets, yeah it's, it's all part of the cost of living yeah it's part of the cost of living it's, it's part of the well conceivably if you compare this area to this area like where could you have a nicer standard of living right and quite frankly this this one is is quite nice yeah so. it, it's a well in your search is like very rudimentary like obviously yeah nothing get, nothing that's available as now you, is going to be available move, like, in six months yeah well and also if you you go oh well this is the program we're going to be at or we're pretty sure this is where we're going to end up or we're ranking this number one or whatever um, you're going to eventually talk to somebody and they'll be like, these are the places you want to live. Yeah. <laughs> and these are the places you want to avoid living. And so that will definitely change, of course, our, Your our, search our housing yeah. search. And, um, anyway, uh, kind of getting back to the, the interview a little bit more. Um, I, I would say this, this particular interview was more, I think, traditional, um, so, I'm, out there, there's a lot of different, like, literature. You can go on Reddit, of course, and find all the different uh, interview styles out there. There's interviewers who 
will basically act like they haven't even looked at your your application or they haven't even been given your uh, EUIs and they'll be like, well, I don't have, I, I, you know, I just kind of got called up to do this interview. So let's just, let's just free, let's freestyle this. Let's, <laughs> and they, they, they either act like it or they actually haven't, you know, that those are the, <laughs> that is that. And then there's, of course, the very traditional uh, interview, or sorry, I mean backup. So there's this one where it's like the, the complete, almost blind interview. There's the, I just want to get to know you kind of interview where they're just like, they have the application in front of them. That's great. That's all good information. Now I just want to get to know who Eric Acker is. Like we have all this stuff on paper. That's good. But like, let's have, let's have a conversation. Do I like you as a person? Because you can look at a lot of people's application and be like, uh, am I going to be best friends with this guy? I don't know. <laughs> you know, um, you know how do you how do you know that based off the school they went to, the jobs that they had, and you know the personal statement? Maybe you might be able to get that from the personal statement a little bit, but like realistically, um, so that's a that's a second type of I think interview type, and then there's a very traditional. Uh, and those are like think back to a time when, <laughs> yeah, it's know, more like then, an interview that you would have for a job. Mm-hmm. Yeah, very no. situational oriented. Yeah, and what you know, think back is a lot of a lot of think of this. Think of a scenario when you had to do, or when you saw, when you when X or Y happened, and how did you how did you respond? How did you handle that situation? And what did you learn from that? I mean, that, that's very I think stereotypical of a lot of job interviews is you get a lot of questions like that. Um, so this was very much a traditional interview. Uh, this is my personal critique. I've sat on, I did job interviews when I was a surgery coordinator. I hate those questions. Because <laughs> um, well, you can only really pull a lot of negatives out of it. Um, you can pull some positives, of course, out of those, like the answers to them. Like, I, I didn't get this question, obviously, in this particular interview, but in past, you know, like, what, is, do, you, what do you not like about your last job? <laughs> or you know why are you why are you leaving your your current position for this position and if you know if those are like okay are they going to trash their former boss or are they going to um give you a random answer and it's like the random answer is neutral like it doesn't gain you any points but trashing your boss will lose you points like so that's why i kind of feel like sometimes it's like well, what did you say is it going to lose your points or is it going to get you neutral? Because you can get some good answers. They're like, okay, that's a good answer. Because it's like a lot of it's subjective. It's like, okay, well, I, I wasn't in your situation. I don't know how I would have handled that situation. You know, like, I, would, I don't know how I would have handled that. But, like, if you gave me a really terrible answer, then you can lose points on it. Like... <laughs> Um, if you say something stupid, then you can lose points. Like I don't know. That's why I don't like a lot of the traditional interviews because it doesn't. I don't feel like. I don't feel like I come away when I when I was interviewing somebody, knowing like how they would be as a worker. I always felt like, you know, <laughs> are they going to be your average worker or a subpar? Um, and really, like, I always felt like, in, at least the interviews I conducted when I was working at the Vancouver Clinic, and it wasn't all that many interviews, so, you know, take that with a grain of salt. I always felt like it was the in-between question bits that I got the most. Like, I, I, I kind of, uh, I fall into the uh, unconventional, like, 
I like the people who I, I can have conversations with, and I feel like, oh, man, this person is really smart, or they're, they're, they're a very positive person. I get this, I get a really good feeling from them. Like, I, you can have really good conversations. They're very smart. They're very competent. You know, and though that I think does a lot more. That, that I always felt like it was in between the questions. I got the most information from a lot of applicants um, that really helped me make a decision. You know, I was going to recommend to my boss. You know, who would because right after the the interview, me and the boss would sit down like, okay, what did you think? And it was like, well, they were really smart and kind and blah blah blah. And I, I really liked like how they how they talked. I liked it was conversational. I felt like they were. Um, very professional or whatever and like or there's like oh man that's was they were so negative I you know like <laughs> I couldn't they were so negative I just can't I just can't get over that um, sorry it's a bit of a rant um, so this one was very uh, I think traditional and I, I, I do wonder if I'm gonna get a lot more of that um, which is fine I I, <laughs> I have a, a wealth of experiences I can go back to. And, <laughs> well, at least you know uh, some of the things not to do, right? <laughs> no, yeah. I mean, I, I did some things. I, I obviously, like, I was, I don't know, I was halfway through giving one answer, and I was just like, I paused, and I'm like, this is a, I'm sorry, this is a terrible, this is a weak answer. I don't like this answer at all. Let me give you a different one. <laughs> <laughs> so I completely, like, switched gears halfway through. I was giving, like, I was going on this story about how, like, Dr. Rogers told me to shut up in the OR because I was talking too much. And I was like, I was, I was trying to make, you know, make, go into, like, w w how I processed that event and how I, you know, changed from it. And I was just like, this is a terrible story. I'm sorry. Like, this is a really weak answer. Let me change this a little bit. And I then went into talking about how... Um, you know, I used to have issues where I would fire off an email and it would be misinterpreted or interpreted in a very different way than I intended to, or maybe it was a little bit harsher than I would have wanted it to come across, or um, and then how I, I basically learned to, you know, sometimes wait on emails or think about them for a little bit if they weren't urgent. Uh, reread them a few times and then you know send them off before you know make, doing a lot of proofreading to make sure you you're set if you're firing it off when you're a little upset like you don't come you know the harshness doesn't uh doesn't come across it's not so raw and so i was trying to do that story instead um so i don't know if i successfully changed gears on that one um I mean, the other things that were just kind of funny, like, I don't, I definitely struggled with certain topics more than others. I think, obviously, um, uh, I, I need to get better at uh, some of the other ones, some of the, some of the questions I yeah. get asked. But again, this is, this is the first interview. We, it's been a long time since Eric has interviewed with the exception of med school. Yeah. Uh, Another, I guess, a tip um, someone told me, and I think in one interview in, and I think it holds true, is like anything you put on your application is going to be fair game for a question. I am pretty sure. Um, I mean, I got I I got asked certain questions that basically had me rehashing my entire um, kind of a brief life story. <laughs> so like that was like okay I gotta I kind of kind of come up with a life story real quick like what's your two minute elevator pitch and you know who you are as a person in your life um, as is it is pertinent to this program 
Uh, obviously, don't go back like oh, I was born in Houston, Texas. <laughs> <laughs> like, don't don't go that far back. But um, uh, to and, your and hobbies, I was asked, asked about. I was asked about like hobbies, like, um, and then this is very specific to me, so I don't feel like this is like unfair. Like, I was asked about um, doing auto mechanic work, and so I was like, okay. So I talked about that for a little bit. Um, so again, it's like anything you put on your application is going to be. Um, fair game and so you got to be able to talk about it yeah and explain that like, obviously the podcast actually came up uh, <laughs> uh, it's on it's on my application so again come up in conversation so um, yeah it's a uh, but that's a good yes. thing it means that people have actually read and paid attention because a, a lot of times it can feel like you you work so hard for to put all of this together and compile it and to make it grammatically sound and interesting <laughs> like your personal statement interesting and intelligent but still like pertinent to to med school you but different, your personality different than on everybody the else's um, and so it's nice to know that at least somebody has actually read through what you have worked on so hard for so hard on right um Mm -hmm. versus like i mean i've gone into an interview before and they haven't read anything like (laughs) oh i mean i'll I'll put it in the like i had one medical school interview one and one u.s medical school interview my only one i had but like during the multimodal um interview segment like it was pretty obvious that none of the people who were interviewing me had ever read my application. Like, none, none of them read my personal statement. The first time they were looking at my application was the two minutes I was in, I first entered the room until they first asked me my first question. <laughs> so, like, you know, one was, you know, one was supposed to be going over, like, my academic history and something like that. This, this, this is back when I was applying to medical school, so who cares anymore? Um, and it was like he he spent two minutes looking at my application while I'm sitting there in the room with him, and he goes, "Oh, let me tell me about tell me about your research you did with Doctor Sylvester, and why didn't you publish it?" And it was just like, "Okay, I mean, I'll give you my answer." And then he kind of argued with me a little bit over it, but you know, at the end of the day, it was like you you didn't read my application, like you have no idea who the heck I am, like. It, like I don't know. It, it, it feel, you feel a little gypped in that sense. Like you spent, like, like Karen said, you spent a lot of time crafting, putting your entire personality, uh, heart and soul onto these few pages, and like for them to basically not have read it. <laughs> like, and then of course the entire time during the I'm sorry, this is a little derailment, but like during the entire um, medical school interview process, they're like we take a holistic approach <laughs> you're just like sure you do <laughs> when, you, when, you, when the people who are evaluating me haven't read my my application i'm sure you're taking a holistic approach um i mean that's not true for every school obviously but um that it does make you very skeptical when you when you run across the experiences like that and you're just like okay so the people who are making the decision whether i make it into this school haven't read my application I'm guessing you you know what my MCAT score is though. Like, <laughs> <laughs> um, that wasn't I mean that wasn't the case for Trinity. I will, I will give Trinity some credit here. Like when I did my interview with them, like 
my interviewer was citing back to me sentences out of my own personal statement and that felt good like i i I worked hard on that personal statement um and she knew it and she was giving me feedback on what she thought about what i wrote and i was like man that's nice that's that makes me feel good that someone actually read it so not every med med school is the same obviously but no and i mean you have to get a sidetrack for all the (laughs) med school entrance exams entrance interviews to residencies well you um, have to give them credit because there's there's thousands upon thousands there are thousands yeah of applications so you know they can't read them all they there has to be some algorithm or something that filters yeah. I mean putting that out. putting that behind us like I, this interview and I'm sure future ones they definitely looked like they had read my application they knew what they the questions they wanted to ask and I'm sure um, all the other seven other applicants that were uh, being interviewed that afternoon um, I'm sure they you know had very specific questions for them as well based off of their application so again advice would be I mean, this is not, you know, not giving away the game here. Like, know you know what you put on your application and know how to talk about it. Like, anything's fair game. Yep. I think. I mean. We have, um, as far as updates, uh, this is as far as that. So that, this was our first interview. We have, uh, I think, one more next week. Um, and then we have, so we have a total of six confirms and scheduled interviews so far. Um but it's early in the cycle. I mean, I think a personal goal would be to get to 10. <laughs> um, but, um, so some, but some might not come in until later in the cycle. There's, there's certain programs that are, um, waiting until like in November, um, to send out their interview invites. So it's early in the cycle. If you're, if you're in the cycle of a match and you haven't gotten a very many interviews, it's not because you suck. It's possibly because you have a bunch of programs that are spending a lot more time on your application. So I wouldn't say don't lose. I would say don't lose hope. <laughs> um, it's, uh, it's, it's the pot calling the kettle black here. Obviously, I, I, I get very anxious and um, I'm sure I've. Uh, during the course of this entire podcast, I've refreshed my email at least twice. Uh, <laughs> He's well, it's, doing it's so nerve- because he was talking on the phone with me last night, and I mean, oh, get off the phone nerve- after talking for a couple hours, and then he's like, "Shoot, I missed it." <laughs> now my interview. Well, it's nerve wracking because because <laughs> yeah, some of these programs they offer like twelve spots. You know, you twelve slots to register for. I'm sure there's like eight per date or whatever it is. And once they're filled, they're filled, and that's it. Like, but they might invite more people than they have slots, and so you do want to be. <laughs> and of course, like, the earlier you can schedule, the more the more different slots you have to choose from. Whereas, the later you know, the later you get to that email, there's less slots available, so you have to you know, just figure out what what you can do with the remaining time. And I'm trying to balance. <sighs> I, I want to do a good job on these interviews. I don't. I don't want them back to back. But also at the same time, I'm trying to make sure I give my preceptors uh, the respect and time that they deserve. Like they're they've agreed to take on me as a fourth year student, and they don't need me to be gone three days in a row because I have interviews and I've missed now half a week or whatever it is because of interviews. So I'm trying to make it so I can be present 
in my rotations and maybe I miss a half a day here and there um, and not like three days in a row or or something like that. I'm trying to be cognizant of my preceptors in my fourth year because I mean fourth year is still you you are still learning and getting valuable experience so I'm trying (laughs) but it's hard because like the residency is like it's the prize it's the goal that's what we're working for Um, so it's sometimes it's uh, hard to hold back and be like oh maybe I should make sure I'm available for my actual rotation I mean, most preceptors are understandable, but like I think if you were gone for an entire week out of four, your preceptor might be a little concerned of whether or not they are going to pass you. Yeah. <laughs> like, well, and there's also the added, like, if you have the ability to, like, schedule one a week. So, like, Eric had one this week, he'll have one next week, and have one the following week. That gives you the time to actually spend to look into the program and to have realistic questions and like realistic expectations of what this program can and will do for you um, versus um, if they are back to back, you're only going to have so much time and then you want to, then you're worried that you're going to mistake this program's what you liked about this program versus what you liked about this program. And you might screw that up versus if you have the time between um, you can, um, you have less of a chance of, <laughs> of screwing that up. <laughs> yeah, and then plus you can actually be genuinely excited for the program and not be like, I am so tired of the <laughs> third interview. <laughs> yes, yes. Um, so I don't know. I, I think so far we've done a fairly good job, or you have done. A fairly good job of you're you're a part of this thing too. I, I my, our process. I get the email invite. I screenshot it, send it to Karen, and Karen does a little bit more looking at it. I mean, I look at it too, obviously, and then I go on to EUAS, look at the schedule, and take a, a screenshot of the available dates, and we quickly try to decide which date to go with. Yeah, we're um, we're avoiding like the week the week of due date because we don't want to have to cancel an interview yeah but um i mean we're getting yeah we're getting pretty close i think closer we get to that the better i mean for as far as interview i mean it's better for you too when you get the baby out of you but um (laughs) but also the closer we get to it the less likely we're gonna be like you know the week of obviously it's not gonna be like interview comes in like hey how about tomorrow like no (laughs) <laughs> they're usually not going like, to ask you to come do an interview tomorrow. It's usually like, at least a week out. So yeah. So uh, what yeah. else is going on? Anything else we should? We still don't have a baby name. <laughs> Y'all we'll send us your it. girl names. <laughs> We're at a loss. Um, Just if you're gonna send us girl names, remember I typically look at like how. They Eric, can be Eric's the nicknamed. one that vetoes all of them. Hey, if, <laughs> if you can nickname somebody and it's a terrible nickname, like you know, kids are terrible. Kids are awful. We, I've been a kid before. I know. <laughs> I know how this works. If you can take someone's name and it's a very easy step to make it something annoying or dumb, like my name is Eric and my last name is Acker. How often have I had to write Eric? 
and then an A at, at the end of my name. And how many times did kids call me Erica? A lot. <laughs> so I understand. I mean, that's that's pretty tame. Erica you can't, you is like, can't top me. My name has just been like destroyed. Oh, you, you, <laughs> this has not been the, the last two years have not been good for the name of Karen. No. <laughs> <laughs> I need but, a name change. Thirty something years can, after like, I was If born. you can change the name a little bit to something that rhymes with it and it's terrible, kid, you better believe kids are going to do it. I know. And then your kid's going to be like, why do my parents name me this? This is the worst. <laughs> so, I'm just saying. And then, like, then you also got to remember, like, if you're going to shorten it. Like, you have a nice long name and you shorten it to... I know, like, some people, like, take Charlotte and then they shorten it to Charlie for whatever reason. Or Char or whatever. And it's like, eh, I don't know. I don't know if I want to name my daughter that. <laughs> um, anyway. Yeah. Um, <laughs> on the whole there's, there's your caution yeah. don't, don't, yes. don't send those names that are like obviously like that's gonna be a bad one <laughs> like, um, on the whole anywho. front I think the only the only thing of note is I think we have managed to get most of our all most of our Christmas shopping for um, that we have to mail out Done. This is one of the many of the reasons why I married Karen. Because <laughs> again, if I was in charge of Christmas shopping, it would be uh, Amazon shopping on Christmas Eve with me printing up all the receipts of what I bought and putting them in envelopes and being like, "Yeah, it'll be here in two two weeks." <laughs> no. uh, not not everyone's favorite uncle. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, but Karen takes care of it all before Halloween. (laughs) (laughs) Well, the hope is to get them wrapped and packaged and sent out before, like, if not before the baby comes, within that um, three weeks that Eric is in the um, radiology rotation because that's a a rotation with less hours. So, and we know that he also has a a rotation with. Dr. Shirk Garapa and he's like 5 a.m. to like 6 p.m. So Eric's not going to be much help at that point. So I just wanted to get something off my plate that was, and then I don't have to, I just have to worry about our, our Christmas gifts. And quite frankly, our kids get gifts from all the relatives. So if our gifts are late this year, it's not that big of a deal. Yeah. As much as it sounded like, I might've sounded like I was making fun of you, which I am a little bit. Um, it is it is nice it is really kind of nice to have everything done and out of the way so so early that uh, it still allows us some freedom like if we see something like last minute we can buy that we we think would be a great gift then we can go ahead and do it but like having it done and out of the way we can focus on the holiday itself and not the the gift buying and running around like crazy people to get everything ready to go like we can just focus on a holiday and yes. enjoy the family time and enjoy the uh, togetherness and whatnot. So, and not be like, why is the mall full? Why can't I find parking anywhere? <laughs> um, yeah. So this is, this is a net benefit. Um, I think we'll probably just wrap it up for the evening. We're running a little bit long at like 40, 45 minutes or so. Yeah. But, 
Thank you guys for um, listening. I'm not sure if next week we will be on time or not, um, because I think your interview is on a Wednesday. So that's normally the day we post, and we normally record the night before. Um, and there's probably going to be some preparation done. But we will try and get something out on Wednesday, and if not, I'll post on our um, Instagram page, MidFamilyMD, um, so you guys are aware. Um, and again, you can listen to us uh, <laughs> on any, any, any podcasting. Any, yeah, yeah, if, you, if it's a podcast, you can find it on any podcasting platform. So uh, Amazon, uh, Spotify, Apple Podcasts, you should be able to find us. And there's even odd ones like uh, Outcast and, and whatnot. So any place you can find podcasts, you can find our podcast, uh, MedFamily. And then MedFamilyMD. Um, Instagram is our Instagram and Karen monitors that so again if you want to send the baby names on Instagram send them to Karen she will send them to me for me to make fun of uh, <laughs> maybe maybe you'll find a winner who knows uh, I'm sorry that's a little pessimistic I need to be a little more positive there um, anyway I hope you guys have a good week and we will talk to you next week bye guys